0: Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to the Film Photography Podcast. My name is Michael Rosso, and today I'm here in the studio with Mr. Matt Mirage. Oh, hey, how's it going? John Fidelli. Hey, baby. And Owen McCafferty. Moin. We're going to be talking about movie film and some things that we've never talked about before that, that we've received emails about constantly throughout the last few years. And that is movie development tank options in 2023 and beyond. Ooh. Prince, yes, P R I N T S, not Prince. What's his best album? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Did he have one? Yes. Print,
0: several. which was called Ocean Rain. Uh, no, uh. <laughs> Ocean Purple,
2: oh, Purple Rain. The projection, formerly known, known as Prince.
0: <laughs> Michael, Michael, Michael. He's also spinning in his tomb. Yes, he is. Oh, uh, I was going to say, uh, Prince and David Bowie are spinning so fast in their tomb that they create energy <laughs> because of what the estate does with the library. Because how
2: they're like, just r- ripping apart the back catalog for every nugget.
3: Anyway, thank you for tuning into the Film Photography Project. Film. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, not the Prince Photography Project. Yeah. Prince, how can you project your negative film, but there's a catch? What? And then Matt... Hey, Matt's going to talk about aspect ratio, yeah, which is a really great topic because mm-hmm. a lot of folks are getting their film, you know, they're shooting their movie film, it's mm-hmm. getting it scanned, and then are usually working in a sixteen by nine HD. Or trying to fit that world, trying yeah. to fit it, and where do you? How do you fit your film? There's yeah. so many options
4: there are, and it's, I learned it's not the same as getting ratioed on Twitter. I guess that's a different thing.
2: <laughs>
3: and can't you just put hey, tape well. over the video on your screen? Yeah, just put the black bars
2: yeah, wherever right. you need to do, do like yeah. the old uh, cameras used to yeah, do, the point-and-shoot <laughs> cameras. <laughs> just put two
3: little black
2: bars. bars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but let's start
0: at the beginning. Yes. Let's talk about like developing motion picture film yourself.
2: Who does that? Who's dumb enough to do that?
0: Um, well, it's actually smart because it saves you a lot of money. I'm sure it
2: does. But, God, it's, uh, look, it sounds daunting.
0: Folks who are already developing their own still photography film – W- want to develop their own movie film. So, Owen. So, how do you do how
2: it? How do
4: you do
0: it? And what are the yeah. options?
2: Uh, go in your bathroom, turn off all the lights, and soup it in the tub.
3: There you oh. go. Honestly, that's where it starts. The bucket. All or, right. Because
2: yeah. I'm, I'm imagining it's going to take a big thing to put all this film
3: yeah, in. Yeah. Uh, the, the processing movie film is no different, in theory, than processing still film. You just have more film, and you need a bigger tank to to do the film in.
2: Because, you know, that motion picture is just basically still photography absolutely. at 24 frames a second. Yeah. I mean, or, or we could say
4: or most still photography
3: is, is just pulled right. from motion. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, like Mike said, processing your own movie film is a great option. I don't do it because I necessarily love doing it. I do it because I'm cheap and, you know, I don't want to pay Mike to process my movie film. So I just do it myself. Yeah. And the good news is there's chemistry available for anybody who wants to process their movie film. For any movie film you shoot, there is a chem- with, with the exception of Kodachrome and expired formats or uh, emulsions. There's all the chemistry available. That might change depending on where you are in the world and what kind of film you're processing, but generally speaking, you can get all, most of this chemistry yourself, mm-hmm. and from the
4: FPP store,
3: absolutely. You know, if you're shooting black and white negative, it, nothing really changes. It's black and white negative chemistry. It's a, uh, a soak, a rinse, uh, then a, a developer, and then a stop bath or a water bath, and then fix, and that's it. Um, black and white reversal is different. There's a bleach step. That's a whole other ball game. But E C N two and C forty one same as as your still film. So what you do need though is a tank to do it in, or s- some kind of vessel to do it in. And uh, this, there are does this
2: vessel have to be airtight or light tight? Rather, does have to be
3: light tight. Okay, so a regular on... slop
2: bucket's not going to
3: work. Well, oh, well. It, it, it might. Yeah. Uh, there are people bucket. Uh, the bucket is on the list, believe it or not. So it's the bucket list. The bucket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but now that might change if you're doing black and white reversal because there is a step in black and white reversal chemistry. We have to re-expose the film to light. Really? So technically, it should be light-tight for certain processes, but may may need light. So a
2: bucket for other with processes. a piece of wood on top.
1: Uh,
3: sure. Yeah, or in a in a black you, room, you could do that too. Oh, Okay. Uh, but we'll talk about why the bucket is crazy. Um, there is so, a video on YouTube. Of them. Oh my God! Yeah. I can't watch that video. Oh, it's, it's nightmare it's fuel.
4: Crazy. You know it's scratches Oh my God! Anyway, Some people sorry. like that. Some people uh, like that. It gives me nightmares.
0: So if you if you do develop your film in a bucket, it was detrimental to the emulsion of the film. Absolutely, so. the bar has plummeted. <laughs> but if you're doing an art film and you want that,
3: that might be a great sure. option. Oh, sure, that might be fantastic. Um, so one of the most popular that a lot of people who have done research <clears throat> on processing their own movie film is Lomo tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lomo. Is was a Russian. Is a Russian company. It was founded in 1914. Uh, it's it was it stands for the Leningrad Optical Mechanical Association. Very oh. Soviet sounding name. Never knew that. Um, and Lomo actually, most people do know Lomo because the LCA, which was a 35 millimeter Lomo camera, is what I'm told inspired lamograph The whole lamography movement, movement. This yeah. idea of like really cheap Soviet toy cameras. Uh, but they made tanks for processing and, and all, the reason they did was because of the cost of processing was so expensive in places like Russia and the Soviet Union that a lot of uh, people processed their own film at home it was very it was uh, a lot more popular there in the United States vast majority of people did not process their their home movie film. So Lomo tanks, they're also known as pancake tanks or UFO tanks. There are a number of different models. The most popular is the, the uh, UPB-1A. And that tank can hold 50 feet of 16-millimeter film on two reels, so a total of uh, 100 feet of 16-millimeter film. But you will have to splice it because the mm. tanks are... On top, of the the reels are on top of each other, so you can only hold fifty feet at a time, or it can hold a whole roll of Super Eight, so you get two rolls of Super Eight in that tank. You could do two rolls of regular eight and twenty-five foot lengths, um, or you could do thirty-five millimeter film as well. But oh. you can only do you can only do one. Uh, one layer of 35 millimeter. So how millimeter big are tanks. these tanks? In, com- it takes their...
2: In comparison to like 35mm? Spaceship. Mill- oh, much, much, yeah, spaceship. It's like a, it's yeah, like it a pancake. It's,
3: they're about the size of an LP. Maybe a little bigger. Okay. Kind of
0: like a Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> oh.
3: size. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah,
3: well, I can relate to that. So that's the UPB1A, the <laughs> most popular. Uh, all, Lomo made a number of other models. They had a 30-foot version. I would not recommend that because that the 30, only thing nothing you, works Yes. Yeah. Yeah. well the only thing you do is regular eight yeah. essentially um so that that version and i don't i don't i don't know what the model number of that is but i see them on ebay all the time then there was the more desirable 100 foot version um that's that, the big guy that's the big one and those go for big money you're talking seven eight i've seen them for fifteen hundred dollars oh my god yeah Uh, Which is which? We'll we'll talk. There's a better solution there. We'll talk about that in a a second. Then there was the PM451 that could hold five rolls of 16 millimeter film, so it looks almost like a stockpot, and you could put uh, five rolls of 16 millimeter film or seven rolls of Super 8 millimeter film. Wow! And then you had the UPP1, which was similar to the Morse tank, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. So similar system, but could hold 130 feet of uh, 16 millimeter film. Lomo tanks are hard to come by right now because most of them came from the former Soviet Union. So they're coming out of places like Ukraine, Russian Federation, Moldova. Um, So a lot of the ones you'll find here in the U.S. are being sold out of the U.S. and you'll pay a premium for that. There's a lot of disadvantages to the Lomo tank because, first of all, it's made out of bakelite, which means if you drop it, it will shatter into a million pieces. And so you know, bakelite is almost always made with asbestos. So we don't oh. do drop a bakelite camera or a bakelite don't phone. breathe In- instantly get rid yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's very it's very dangerous. The other thing is those tanks need a hose. The hoses are almost always going to be dry rotted, so you're going to have to find a new hose. But especially, especially the big ones, the yeah. big ones, yeah. But all of its all of it's doable, and I've I've had my up upb one tank for thirteen mm-hmm. years. Never had a problem with it, wow. but my biggest fear has always been that I'm going to drop it or it's going to break or I and then and then what? Well, recently there was a company um, coming out of uh, Germany called Fimomat, and some people may know Fimomat because they made a big splash with their their the automated, automated processor. processor, yeah, which is pretty pretty uh, amazing for what it did, yeah. And it's about so U.S. The, now the Fimomat system. Was first invented for still film, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, right? thirty-five and one-twenty. Yeah. yeah, and c- similar, almost to a Jobo in the in in the idea of it's like an automated system that processes your film. It was like a sleeker.
4: Well, it was a more inclusive Jobo ATL, but yeah. the problem is it was very limited in the amount that it could do, and the ask price was
3: four thousand US right now. A pretty tough Yikes. pill to
4: swallow, and it's a it's a piece that like. It looks like it should be in a high-end coffee shop, yes. not in a film. It's lab. got like
3: clear acrylic, and it's yeah, very, it's very sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
4: the problem is, yeah, four thousand bucks. Like, yeah, I'll it's... take the least sexy version for two grand. <laughs> sure, four. yeah.
3: So the good news is, Filmomat created first a new pancake type tank, like a Lomo tank. It,
4: it seems a lot thinner than
3: the yes, Lomo tank. It yeah. definitely is, but it was first designed to be used with the Fumomat system. Then they realize, well, crap, because the, the biggest problem with the Lomo tanks is that if the reels inside where you load the film up if that cra- cracks or breaks, there was no other alternative. People tried to three D print them. It's I was say, why can't you really, just three D print oh, it? Oh, I, I can answer yeah, that one, but please. well, let's keep, yeah. well, I was just gonna say it's it's just you, you have to, It's very exact. I mean, mm-hmm. and thin to fit the film onto the reel.
4: I have a buddy that he's really big into 3D printing. He helped me 3D print some niche solutions for like large format photography. Mm-hmm. And he's really great about that. He th- he's 3D print solutions to stuff that doesn't even have a problem, you know. <laughs> but I sent him, we went back and forth with four different um, STL files, like four different makes and designs of these 3D prints. And one was based off of the Lomo that took four reels, which it was really amazingly small. Oh, yeah, that's
3: the 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 what was it the the PM451 yeah it was yeah. based off of that one
4: yeah. um uh, but it was really compact and you could do a 100 uh, a 100 foot of 16 in, in with like really low chemistry and the tank itself was so tight and beautifully designed mm, yeah. but then every single one of the 3D printed ones that we did it all came down to the reel and the yeah. reel could never just there would be tension problems Mm -hmm. or there would be problems um right right after spacing right after it catches the like as soon as your loop is kind of like locked onto the reel that's when it's like make or break because film you know film just has that little bit of snap and that tension and like it just didn't want to go so every one of those prints it it sucked because it was like weeks of back and forth
2: and it just never went so are the reels as hard to find as the tanks once,
3: uh, they usually come tank together. And it's hard reels? to find one uh, uh, reel on its own. Yeah, oh. so that's the problem. It's okay. like
4: there's less reels because that's like the first thing to break. Mm-hmm. Uh. So no one's willing to give up just the reel. <laughs> and probably the best made reel is the one that uh, Owen's going to talk yeah,
3: about. Or, yeah. So Filmomat then decided, okay, there's a bunch of people who really want this tank, but they don't want the system, which is going to cost them four thousand. So they made a version of the same tank that can be used without the filmomat system. You can use it just like a Lomo tank. What, the other big problem that I know a lot of folks who try to 3, 3D print different solutions is, especially folks doing black-and-white reversal film, they're using a very evasive bleach process, like dichromate bleach that has acid in it, oh. and that, that would start to break away at some of the plastics they were using. Most
4: 3D printed materials and people printing their own aren't going to have... The, yeah. the right filament or, nor the right printer that can give something that's resistant to these. So, mm-hmm. if the first time you do reversal is might be the last time you yeah. use that thing right, yeah. melts right in
3: your <laughs> exactly. hand. Exactly. So, uh, they created uh, one that stands on its own, the Filmo Mat. It retails for one thousand four hundred forty nine oh, euro, or about sixteen hundred bucks. I know that sounds expensive. It's a tall order. Um, so, I think the the more important thing, I, I, I agree it's expensive. It's just amazing that there's something. Because if once those Lomo tanks were gone, if somebody else didn't have a new version, like be that, it. that's it. And those Lomo tanks would then be easily getting at or above that film price. Yeah, so. because, and remember, we're talking about, it can do 100 feet. The most popular Lomo tank out there, the UPB1A. It's it can do 100 feet, but on two 50-foot reels, so you have to take your 100 feet of 16. Oh, that sucks. Just cut it in half. Now, I, I don't mind doing that. You do that in the bag or in the dark? You do it in the dark. Yeah. And then load it onto the tank. Um, so this allows you to do 100 feet. The 100 feet Lomo tanks are going for around that price anyway, about so Nine hundred—that just
2: sounds like such a uh, task. <laughs> I mean,
3: listen—if you love the
2: format and you love shooting it, yeah. you should love doing that. I mean, I'm sure you I, get some pleasure it, from
3: doing I, uh, it, right? It's—it's—I get pleasure from the money that I save. <laughs> That's I think, what I get pleasure. I from. think
4: the other—you know—audience for this, though, there are still um, a lot of regional schools that will have access to this, and they're mm. running on twenty, thirty-year-old. BTS, you know, student equipment and a mat is also made to a higher degree than anything. You can get 3D printed. It won't fall apart instantly mm-hmm. like an old Lomo that's mm. been shipped from who knows where. Yeah. Or give you asbestos when it breaks. Yeah, when it breaks. So... They are definitely aiming towards the higher end, but the build quality is amazing. The the best example I've seen, kind of talking about the whole system and
3: talking about the the cost breakdown. Canadian uh, friend,
4: yes, Noah over at Analog Resurgence had a really great video uh, reviewing the filmamat.
3: What I love, and what I love about the filmamat is the top part that keeps the film secure onto the reel is made out of aluminum. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's really high. It's high quality. I would argue way higher quality than the Soviet tank. That's a Lomo tank. Then we talked about mat. There's a couple other. There's the Morse tank. Hey. Morse uh, which by the way made right here in Ohio in Hudson in Ohio. Ohio yep still no they, no no. Oh, okay they uh, but they made film for or they made equipment tanks yeah ph- uh, photography equipment for the US Air Force that was that was how they kind of got their their company started that tank is much different than the Lomo tank although Lomo made a version of it and it has two reels inside that are adjustable, and they're they're metal. It's like they're, they're metal. They, it's a very different
4: way of sorry to hijack. No, it, no, go ahead. It's a very different way. So all the reels that. Owen's been talking about so far, they're very much like daylight reels, um, but these ones don't go from the outside in, those ones all load from the inside, right. the inside out, and you're spiraling mm. it along. The Morse tank is very kind of like down and dirty. You <laughs> you clutch it into this like metal thing that feels like it's going to cut yeah, you. Like a core. Yeah, like a core, but then you add it to the other core, and then all you're doing is just zipping it back and forth oh. the whole time. So an agitation cycle it's a little bit more hands-on, mm-hmm. but the Morse tanks themselves are the size of like a countertop crock pot. They're mm, a little bit yeah. smaller, maybe about half that size, and so they're more chemistry efficient, but very labor-intensive. Unless you're,
2: you're doing this the whole time, for yeah, the whole or you can hook up feet?
4: or you can hook up your your drill. Oh, that's crock- there you <laughs> go. <Final laughs> I've seen yeah. a lot of people oh, hook smart. up their drill and they zip smart. zip
3: back and forth. That's you smart. Get, yeah. So uh, the and those tanks. Uh, I know they can do 16 and 8. I don't know if a Morse can do 35, can it? There's
4: two Morse. Uh, So there's one that has the the double reel that accommodates like 8s and 16s, but then a lot of the older Morse ones that don't have the reversal window. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. There's a different Morse that has a window Mm -hmm. for re-exposing reversal film. You put your
3: light right outside Which has always been the biggest complaint because I know a lot of people say, oh, it never reverses properly. You can't get enough light in there. Morse tank also has a cork. A cork plug, right? Yeah. To keep There's the chemistry. The in. Yeah.
2: Yep. Why you gotta re-expose it to light? What does that do? Reversal. Yeah. yeah
3: during black and white reversal film uh, processing, you do a first developer, and that d- develops one the st- negative step, image. The negative image, essentially. And so then you ble- you bleach the film, and then you re-ex- then you clear it, which takes all the bleach chemistry off all the right. film, so- and then you re-expose it, and that's what actually. Takes creates the, film the positive and creates the positive. Like then you who? develop it with a, a developer again. Yikes. and that brings out the, the it's it's magic. When you watch it happen, it's magic. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah.
2: Who how did they figure this stuff out?
3: That's the crazy part. And they right. did it a hundred years ago. Right. You know? And and actually, you know, in an earlier episode we talked about hundred 100 year birthday for a sixteen millimeter film. And I, I don't know if this is true. According to Kodak's press release, when they released sixteen millimeter, they had touted that the reversal film was a brand like that was it. That was the the first fully reversal film available on the market for consumers. Mm. And they claimed that it was the first time anybody had ever done it. I don't know if that's true. That's what they say because I, I think it's older. But someone I in digress. France did it probably yes. or German.
2: Mike, didn't we shoot all reversal 16 millimeter in the uh, film school? Yes. You, didn't, didn't
1: you even think, think about reversal. it? Yeah. Ectachrome.
3: Oh, yeah. ect- oh, color.
0: Okay. Ectachrome or tri x 50 mm-hmm. foot. Uh, Super 8. Fifty
4: foot, yeah. Triax or sixteen millimeter Triax, yeah. But the Morse that does the thirty five, mm-hmm. there are some that do it, and it's one one hundred only. You can't really expand oh, okay. on those. Yeah. So yeah. the max you can do in that tank is a hundred feet, mm-hmm. no matter how you get to it.
3: So the Morse tank, uh, I would say, harder to find. If you go and look up Lomo tanks on eBay, I mean, you can scroll for a day. Uh, but the Morse tanks, I feel like those don't come to market very frequently. They also leave the market
4: very quickly. Yeah. So like, if you see one, I before we, uh, a few episodes ago, but b- when we came out to podcast, Great. I saw
3: one hit the list. And by
4: the time I was in Cleveland, gone. so less than two hours, it was gone. And
3: I would imagine wow. the reason for that is because the Lomo tanks are hard to find domestically.
4: Everybody seeing... wants stuff now, right? And if yeah. you can buy it now and it's in the U.S., like you're going to have it in a few days. Yeah, yeah. The Lomos, you're 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 kind of tossing your money to the aether and hoping for the <laughs> hoping. best.
3: <laughs> Another system that is, I would say, not popular at all for a lot of reasons. Jobo does make the Jobo uh, oh. tank system. This is newer. This yes. is newer.
2: They Brand still new. make it. Yeah.
3: Um, it's a Super Eight slash sixteen. Uh, processing. It's called the Processing Expert Drum, which is essentially where they've taken their normal. And I, I know what's the name of their normal. So drum? the
4: I believe it's the same size as the Jobo Thirty Sixty Three, which is a sixteen by twenty mm-hmm. uh, print processing drum. And what they've added is like a cha- they've added like a start clip, an end clip, and then like channels for just you Ridges, rotate and yeah. you run it oh, along. That's cool. So you don't really.
3: Ha- it's less accurate, and you can do it really fast, but. Well, you can only do uh, 34 feet, so Super 8, oh. that's great. But everything else. Or no, actually not even. No, regular 8. That's, that's it, it. Because that's, regular 8 is normally 25 feet. Super eight's 50. Yeah, 16 would be a real bear in that. So the advantage is you can throw it in a Jobo, but you're
4: still, you know, you're nursing the Jobo through yeah. the process, and if you want it to do auto, you have to have a Jobo ATL 3, which is like, Big money. that's a big lab, cre- you're, we're talking way more than Filmomat money, yeah. so wow. it's very niche, and due to recent price increases, that's like 1100 bucks now? Yeah. yeah, something like that. So the Filmomat, we started with expensive, but now we're talking about how awful some of these other options, I won't say awful, just as but, as expensive. but yeah, yeah. they end up being as expensive or way more effort.
0: Well, so, yeah. what about innovation? Like, How about some kind of wacky reel that uh, emulates 35 millimeter? you know, the plastic reels, we- that's bigger, that just goes...
3: <laughs> well, I mean, that's I mean, the Lomo tank is then
4: going a standard five or three reel tank.
3: Oh, I see what you're saying.
4: Oh, using hijacking that system. Yeah, that would probably be. Well, I mean, it's, let's say for
0: sixteen. Let's be it's simple. Not,
4: it's not dissimilar from the 3D printed ones I've seen, but the problem is, it, it all comes down to the reel. And the reason Filmomats' reel is so expensive is because it's injection molded. It's like a very heavy duty, and just like we dealt with at FPP with the six twenty spools. Right. You lose a lot by going to even the best quality 3D print is not going to be close no. to a mid-tier mm-hmm. uh, mold. And molding has tooling. Yep. yep. So the cost always ends up, yeah, pretty wacky.
0: Let's talk about usage. Is there enough customers to warrant someone inventing? That's the thing. Like who To is-
3: use it to that degree, though? That's the question. I like, mean, well. I think obviously Filmomat saw a need to yeah. to make it. Um because they could have just continued making the, the system that they have for still photography. But there was a gap in the market. And the reality is these Lomo tanks are going to go away at some point. They're just going to fall apart. And there was no other option. So I'm glad. It's, I mean, I tell you what, as soon as my Lomo tank takes a crap, that's what I'm gonna buy the film on that because I need something and mm. that's it those are okay. as far as I know uh, I don't know if there's any other
1: options uh, well, out there that
3: you this know this wasn't on the topic Mike but can we talk drying
4: because like that's mm. the thing that scares me the most about this where's it gonna go
3: yeah. let's say easy, you have your, the,
0: uh, one of the reels you recommended let's say someone has it they're happy with it they're developing their own film yep. next step drying
3: well you can leave you can leave them on the reels oh okay. uh it's but it's a, first of all it's a pain once they're dry because you got to get them off the reel mm-hmm. uh, the other problem that you risk when they're on the reel especially with the lomo is that you still have film that's touching you know the reel itself and that may not dry completely what about like blotches just well water didn't dry or the good the thing ab- didn't try the good thing about keeping them on the tank is that it keeps the film vertical vertical horizontal keeps it vertical vertical yeah, yeah keeps it vertical which helps the chemistry run off of the film okay. there but there there were uh, movie film drying racks they kind of look like big cylinders made out of with like wire they look like the bingo wheels but yeah, yeah. exactly you can mm-hmm. like spin with it around no. but, oh, oh, but, those but they
4: have like more like wires running horizontally yes. and you just kind of like wheel A it bit around it. yeah, yeah.
3: Um, and you can actually tank the you could take the lomo tank with the reel out of the tank, attach the film to that... Uh, just start turning it, yeah. And you s- just start turning it, excuse me, and unravel. Those are hard to come by. They, they. There are people that are selling those direct from, like, Russia and Ukraine. Yes. But those are even worse
4: because it's, like, a more awkward thing to, to ship. ship. And if mm. they have to take it apart, like, yeah,
3: you know don't know if
0: you're going to get it back together. What about the washing... Just I... putting together, like, you know, washing line, like, stuff you'd hang your wash on. So,
3: yeah, a lot of people take... uh They, they take line in their basement, like, a string. And they take paper clips. Loops. They take a paper clip and they put the film through the paper clip and, and hang it. That's an option. The option that I use and have used forever is I have a a clothes horse. Oh, clothes, is that horse? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. clothes horse. That's what they call it. Okay, clothes horse. Like the accordion style. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I just open that up and then I loop my film around it. And I clip it on and it work. I mean,
4: how much can you get on like that standard? Horse. I've got
3: a big one that kind of folds out, probably like this. So I don't know what that is—six feet, maybe—and mm-hmm. um, I can fit two, one hundred rolls of sixteen millimeter. Oh, that's great! But again, it depends on because I loop it around the whole clothes horse, mm-hmm. not just like the stand. So uh, and they're they're cheap. I mean, a clothes horse is less than fifty bucks. Uh, they're made out of metal. They fold up. So that's what I use. But there's, I mean. There's all kinds of way, ways that you could do it. Um, the, the biggest thing I would say is that you try to do it in a place that doesn't have a lot of dust. Try to do it in a place that, that doesn't have Because you know, dust can
0: adhere itself to your uh, wet emulsion. film, and then its dust is embedded in your emulsion, and then it just never oh, comes really? off. And yes. this happens in professional labs, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And just we've noticed that for whatever reason, uh, Vision 3 negative, don't know why, tracks an awful lot of dust. It's
3: probably the the removal of the re- I feel like that that emulsion gets softer than a lot of other emulsions yep. when it's processing and the softer it is. I mean
0: sometimes it's baked in sometimes it's not it's to the point where when we're scanning vision 3 negative film uh Dave is standing there with a uh, you know a cloth. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's running through his fingers through yep. the scanner and it takes off an amazing amount of dirt. I wow. believe it. Yeah, I mean, he's, there's enough dirt for him to do that.
1: <laughs>
0: when we come back, when we're we'll talking about making prints, because if you're in Brooklyn, you know what I'm talking about, because you're going on the roof, and if you're not shooting it, you're going to a party where someone's projecting a film through a projector.
3: Hmm. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. What's Joe Sonner used to say? Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Earlier
2: in the show, we mentioned price reductions on brownie movie cameras. That covers the brownie turret cameras, too. And now, here's Ozzy to show you how they work. Well, here's the brownie turret I use, and I can get three different kinds of movie shots with it.
0: One lens gives you big telephoto close-ups. This is for your medium shots. And when you want a beautiful wide-angle shot, use this lens. Now, watch. This is my wide-angle shot. Kids are pretty good, aren't they? Now, I turn the turret, and here's my medium shot. Another turn, and here's my close-up. And I didn't have to move a step. See, what could be
2: easier? Thank you, Ozzy. Now, about those prices. Now you can get a brand new Brownie Turret movie camera for just fifty-nine fifty, or as little as $6 down. That's right. For just $6 down, you can make home movies with a real professional touch. So see your Kodak dealer this week.
0: Hey, we're back. Folks may know, may not know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But if you shoot Ektachrome film or if you shoot Kodak Tri-X film, I mean there are others, but just using those two because of the most notable names, you're shooting a positive film, which means when you get your film back and your scans back, you have a film that you could buy a vintage projector. You got a movie. Yeah, you have a movie that you could show through a vintage projector onto a screen or a bedcloth
3: <laughs> <laughs> or a side of a house or a wall. So or, a white wall.
0: or if you're a film shooter and you've been shooting 16 never thought about, Price. you never thought about Projecting your film. Uh, Owen is here to talk about how options. to, yeah, options of making a print if you're shooting a negative.
3: Yeah. So, like Mike said, reversal film comes from the lab as an image that you can put light through and project as a positive image onto whatever if you use a projecting negative film, you're going to get a negative image and you might think, okay, well that's it. I just use my digital scan and that's how I watch my, it's my fine. negative, film, which is great. And you know, this is definitely a niche thing. There is a lot of risk to projecting film in a mechanical projector. It could jam, it could burn, it could rip, it could tear. Burn. I mean, you know, it, it wears out the film. It scratches it. Uh, but there's, there, there is a way for you to shoot negative film, movie film, and get a positive version that you can run through a projector and that's called a print and in the movie business I mean that's how the workflow has worked for years most big budget movies were shot on negative film and then it was printed as a work print and then it got synced with sound and then printed with sound and then there would be an answer print and then finally that, that print is what goes to the movie theater and you would see it in the movie theater and you can just like those professional you know just like Martin Scorsese you can get your 16 millimeter negative, you know, Vision 3 films. Uh, You can get prints of those that you can then run through a projector, and that that is what a print is. And essentially, the way it works is they take your negative film and they put it on a machine called a a printer, which, if we dumb it down, is essentially just a light box. It's a contact printer, yeah. Yeah, it's a contact printer, exactly. So, what they do is they use a film called an intermediate film, which is a special type of film that, when processed, will give a a positive image but it's not actually a reversal process film which is kind of cool it really is sort of magic it sounds um, super positive it is super <laughs> positive super positive how, how do you do this well firstly you need to shoot your negative film and then there are a couple different companies that can provide a uh a, a, what we call a working print now it's important to know the difference a work print is just a direct print so they are no corrections no corrections Although most labs will do something called the uh, perfect light, which is essentially, or best light, which is they're they're trying to give you the best exposure they can. They'll run
4: it like an analyzer, won't they? Exactly.
3: Yeah. But normally what would happen is you'd take that work print, you'd edit it, you put it on a big editing table, and you might sync it to sound, and then they cut another negative from that and create what's called an answer print. Uh, you can do all of that if you wanted to. If you were like, hey, I just shot this movie, I want to add sound to it, I want to... Uh, do a bunch of editing and I want to print that I can then take and project. That's very expensive and you can do that. But if you're just somebody like me who, you know, I don't really shoot a lot of negative film. I'm always telling Mike, Mike's like, oh, there's a new negative film. I'm like, oh, who cares? I can't do anything with that. (laughs) But if I wanted to shoot a, a negative film and I wanted to still project it, or maybe I have a positive film that I'm like, you know, this is too precious for me to project. I want a version I want a copy of that that I'll project. One copy stays in an archive. The other one gets projected. They can do that, too. They can make a copy of a reversal film as well. It's a separate process, but these companies do it. So uh, the big one here in the United States that does printing for a work print is Color Lab, which a lot of FP peers might know or those who shoot movie film uh, would know. And uh, Color Lab does it for, it's a minimum of 200 feet, 16 millimeter at 45 cents a foot. So minimum you're looking at 90 bucks if you're doing 200 feet. I was going to do the math, but you got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they, I think there is a, a, a very small fee if, if it's already processed. If like you want to buy them, yeah. By them, exactly. Yeah. If you want to do Super 8, there are two companies. Unfortunately, they're not here in the U.S. If anybody knows of somebody who does Super 8 or regular 8 prints in the U.S., please, Owen at filmphotographyproject.com. But there are two overseas, one uh, which is really well known in Europe called Andec. They're in uh, Germany. They will do Super 8. It's about um, $3 a foot, so it's not cheap. Oof. And you've got an 82 foot minimum, which is a very bizarre wow measurement. I don't I don't know why it's 82 Where, feet.
2: How'd they come up with that?
3: Uh, well, I think it's based on like the, me. I think it's what Mom, that's 50. how many feet should we have as our minimum? <laughs> I don't know. 82. I think it's a 15. I think that's 15 meters. <laughs> how right? much a foot? Uh, it is three dollars a foot. Okay. For 82 feet for that's 82 a, feet. I so you're look looking at 260 bucks. Shit.
0: Yeah. Well, wait a minute. That's ridiculous. No super eight film is 80 feet. Exactly. So there's no so I need, will ask the question So it's two-row two, two <laughs> minimum, basically, we're saying. Yeah, basically, yes. Okay. Yes.
3: There's another company in the UK called Wides. Uh, Quick Wides, question. Yes, please. They're making
0: a Super 8 print from? A Super 8? 8 Negative. Oh, from Super 8 Negative, they're yes. making a print. Correct. So you'd send them your 100 feet of Vision 350D, and yep. they would make a Super 8 print. Positive, print. yep, okay. that you can Great. then
3: put through your projector. Terrific uh there's another company in the u k wide wide screen center uh they do fifty feet color negative super eight which is uh fifty pounds so about fifty five bucks sixty bucks or they'll do minimum hundred foot in sixty millimeter that's uh sixty pounds or about 65, 70.
2: plus, plus. Twenty-three dollars in shipping, That's right? <laughs>
3: um, or, so or, or more. It's definitely. Uh, I planned to, I've never done this, uh, and I, I just bought a hundred feet of five hundred T that I was shooting during our filming this weekend. Yeah,
0: rarity, by the way.
3: Yeah, I never shoot.
0: When's the last time you shot five hundred T?
3: I've never shot. Oh, okay, very good. I don't shoot I very rarely. Are you? you are you considering
0: films? once your film's developed, getting a print? Film?
3: I am, and I'm gonna do. We're gonna do a video and a review and the whole nine yards. Nice. Yeah. 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 Um. So it's a niche thing. Not a lot of people are going to do it. But if you have something precious or a project, like I, it's I think it's interesting that it's something you can do. You don't have to be Martin Scorsese to do it. You might have to have his pocketbook, Um, his budget. But you know, it's it's a really that'd be a really cool thing to do if if you really wanted to project it, or at the very least have a version, uh, have a copy of it that is physical. And, right. And, you can, and and you don't ha- you can. By the way, you can get them to make you a copy of your negative film too, if you just want like a backup. I think that's
0: important because if you are going to that rooftop party, <laughs> and projecting your film, you're using vintage machines. Like it's gonna beat down your film. The oh, projectors yeah. yes. are gonna beat down yeah. your film.
3: If I the first film I movie film I ever shot on Kodachrome in 2003. I mean, I projected it since I was a kid, probably a hundred times. It looks like it's been through Vietnam. I mean, it's really, you know, it's scratch, there's sprocket, you know, but that's what I love to do. So yeah. there it is. Okay.
0: Uh, you know, questions of any of this film stuff.
3: Oh, I
4: have a question. Oh yes, Matt. Do any of those labs that you just covered, Owen? Um, let's say there are some of us who are just you know we, we love our DI workflow, mm-hmm. our digital mm-hmm. intermediate. Does anybody print from a from a yes, DI?
3: Absolutely. So and yeah. that's actually the workflow there. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, the right side is the digital workflow. So yeah, you can a company like Color Lab, you can send them a digital file, video file, and they will print it to film. Oh, great! It is not oh. cheap. But I mean, you can do yeah. everything from 2K, 4K, and they'll print it to film. So you can do mixed media, which a lot of people mm-hmm. do, or the, mm-hmm. they might shoot, you know, three or four hundred feet with film, and then the remaining hundred may maybe digital, or they interlace it or other film types. So they offer offer services that maybe you want to print there where half of it is a color neg, and then the half of it's black and white neg. Mm-hmm. They can also put that onto a single print. Uh, so there's a bunch of things they can interesting they can do. Yeah. So I guess this other weird question,
4: I have no aspirations personally to like get on a deck and like try to edit 16. That does not appeal to me. I, bar- I have barely have oh, it's the, best. the stones to do like resolve for as long as I do normally. Is it cheaper to actually have like, you know, cuts on like analog cuts and then just do a very small amount of DI or just do the whole thing digital finished if that's so, what I'm used to?
3: So you're saying you've shot some, fil- some movie film.
4: Yeah, like I have everything shot in film, but like I've I've made all my, I have all my cuts, but there's gonna be things like effects and everything. And you want to do that in digital, yeah. But you
3: want your output to be film, yeah, like yeah. So it'd be way easier to just say okay, the whole thing d- di, yeah. Okay. Have have it scanned and then and then have them print it, okay, entirely from the digital file. Got it. Yeah,
4: there are a few local um, local theaters that actually still will project uh, sixteen, yeah, um, super eight stitch for them, but thirty five as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com and when we come back we're going to talk about aspect ratio get your film back your scans what is this yeah what is it all about we'll, we'll be right I, back. Got
3: no I got no aspect fun's for fun with a camera wherever you are you know fun's for fun with a
4: camera to capture it all as you go
2: take your camera
3: along Save
4: it in pictures. Fun's more fun when you bring it home with you in pictures. So why don't you do as we do and take pictures of all your good times? At home or away, whether you take snapshots in black and white or color, color slides or your own personal movies, this very weekend will be a wonderful time to take pictures you'll always treasure.
1: Take your camera along and save it in pictures.
4: Why not get an extra roll of Kodak film tomorrow?
0: Hey, we're back. Aspect ratio. So, Matt. Yeah. So you get your... I'm looking at my DPX right now. What is this? Yeah, you get your scan back... You shot it in your Aeroflex camera, mm-hmm. but the
4: native aspect is, what, 1 through 3 to 1? Yeah, this is, this is different. It's, uh, it's a little more square than all the other videos I'm seeing. So, uh, you know, your different films are going to have uh, a different aspect ratio, and that's just based on usually when it was made, what was popular, what was considered standard at the time. And for the longest time, pretty much until the late 1950s, early 1960s, in 16 mil... And a lot of formats. Four by three was king. Like that was that was it. And, and for the, professionally on TV for, for the TV, yeah. Through the year, like the year two thousand. Yeah, as far as like standard TV. Yeah. yeah. That changeover, you can even see that in a lot of popular shows that hit streaming. Like you're like, oh, Will and Grace is like that. Yeah, I, I know. The Office changes did a little bit. Of Seinfeld remastered
0: yeah. for Netflix is now sixteen by nine.
4: Oh, it is, oh, so it's cutting in.
0: It's cutting in, and you could see the grain because they're cutting into the mm-hmm. picture. Wow.
3: Because mm-hmm. they're doing
2: scanning, right?
0: Well, there's are essentially zooming in. So Seinfeld and Simpsons on Disney on and Disney and Mash, you're actually losing picture
4: because of yeah. shots four by three four square by three, and they they don't want to have the sidebars and right. lose resolution, so they're just punching in. What because I think they, they think they lose viewers. I really do, which is weird, but because that was I don't know. Yeah, it's just, I'm just, well, just classic. It Imagine
3: if you if you're a young a younger person, it's a native format, and you grew up at a. Widescreen your whole life, and all of a sudden you go to watch a video, and you've got these bars on the side. You you're, might gonna be start, you're gonna start crying. Oh, right? uh, what is wrong a black with my bar? TV? Or...
4: I had a, a moment when I was a kid that really like threw me off because I I didn't realize um, the difference between the widescreen and the full screen. So when I got my, I was super stoked to get the the re-release VHS set of Star Wars. Yes. This was '96, and the it was a gold box, right? It was out of well, the gold box was the good one. Oh, okay. It was oh, out oh, of stock good. everywhere, so. My, my grandparents bought me the silver box wah, I, wah, that's 4 wah. by 3 no it was widescreen mm. but on VHS so my little 13 inch TV VCR combo I've got like a 4 inch tall picture yeah. because I, I'm like what the hell's wrong with this you know, my buddy down the street he's got the he's got the gold ones so now I had to go over to, I had to go over to Ryan's house to watch all mm. the, gold, the gold and his was 4 by 3 his was the full screen. So yeah. I thought that was better at the time because that's what right. everything yeah. was used to. Yeah. But now the widescreens, you know, no one wants to see black wide. bars I think,
3: um, on the side, on up the and down, nowhere. Yeah. I don't mind it. I don't mind when I watch my laser discs, which I'm happy to do. <laughs> when I get uh, the black boxes, I don't mind. When that it's called letterboxing. B-
2: when they redid the Abbott and Costello, did they keep it native? Yes they did. Yeah. Yes.
0: That I don't so, mind. So um, so now that everyone's totally confused
2: <laughs>
1: That's all aspect ratio. <laughs> so though. you get
0: your files back. Mm-hmm.
2: It's, Is it square or rectangle? That's what well, we're Matt's
0: getting about. a square one more square, yeah, more right. square-ish, four, it, by, three, four or, by three, or what's known as one point three three one.
4: So all that is really is just you're taking the uh, the width divide by the height, and that's where you're getting that number from. Mm-hmm. So one point three three is the same if you take four divided by three. The standard that we're dealing with in a very HD world is sixteen, you know, sixteen by nine. So mm-hmm. if you divide that in, what's that going to be? Nineteen twenty one? by ten eighty. Yeah, but what's that? Um, What's that? 1. Point, is that 185 oh, or 1.66 six to 1. That's super 16. No, no. 1.85 eight, I think. One, one,
3: four, one point four. Eight, five,
4: it's it's 185. THX yeah. 1138.
3: <laughs> Garfield one, 12323. do two, it. 16 divided by Pennsylvania 6500. 178. 178. Eight. And
4: 178. One and that's like your standard 16 by 9, but then there's the wa- theater widescreen, which is a wider pixel and yep. that's the one that's 185. Okay. Or 188. Eight, and then then you get your crazy Long, long panoramic rectangles like your Panavision. Centoscope, like the robe. Scope,
3: yeah. <laughs> ben ben Hur. Lawrence of Arabia.
4: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, your 2Xs, your 2.32s, the crazy those, stuff.
3: Those theaters were curved. The screens were curved, right? Instead a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were special. Yeah. yeah.
4: It was a big thing. And then, uh, you know, back to, you know, pulling it back to more, like, accessible film formats, your, your 8 and your 16. 16 has two main flavors, and then, like, one... More recent flavor, so you've got your smallest in terms of surface area on your print you've got your sixteen, which is your four by three I have the numbers ready for once, so your standard sixteen also known as your four by three it's ten point two six millimeters by seven point four nine millimeters, and that's your one your one point three aspect ratio after that we we started moving from double perf to single perf, and your single perf. Uh, for a very short period of time was 4 by 3 but it had room for sound on there and then that kind of went away and then oh well let's open up that area and just leave it like that so then cameras like the airy SR SR, twos yep. and, and things like that. You could also modify Subars. cameras. Oh, amazing! Those have super sixteen. Yeah, and super. It's truly super. Super sixteen is the most surface area you can get along. It's it covers the in between the sprockets as well. It's really just edge to edge two sprockets. And now you're upgrading to a one point six six aspect ratio, which is twelve point five two millimeters by seven point four one. Uh, uh, so many numbers. numbers. Well, so, g- yeah. generally speaking, if you sh- shot super sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: like we did with Brett Piper's Shockerama, Brett Piper in editing, it just drops perfectly into a nineteen twenty by very, 16 by very nine. Very little loss. Yeah, you, at you the don't lose anything. Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: almost so, nothing. Yeah, so it's perfect. So and if it, you're projecting, you gotta have an anamorphic lens. You
4: have to have a specialty print or projection yeah. for it. Yeah. The the nice thing about Super Sixteen, everybody's like, Mike, you go on a forum it's like it's like you're, you're nothing if you don't have the Super 16. I don't you know, get it. Everybody I, wants I mean, the Super 16. You have to be sync sound. You have to be a big $10,000 oh production God. camera. Even though none of
3: these people are actually shooting a frame right, of film. Right, that's what I like. <laughs> just snobs. I just don't, I mean, to me, like the whole point of it being in 4.3 three is what kind of gives it the it, look. It calls back that retro yeah, feel. yeah. yeah. And well, that's time, only
4: lately, this, the retro. I was watching
2: uh, Lighthouse, the, the Lighthouse.
4: Room. No, there was, uh, well, movies, that's, one, that's a lighthouse. different one. That's 1-2-1. One, was it division
3: in 4x3 at first, or was that it was, just no, black that, and white? Um, Did they, I I, they shot six, that in 16 or 35?
4: No, it was 35, but it's one two, one oh, It's okay. actually almost almost square. Yeah. But, um, oh, I was watching a Budweiser commercial, of all things. It was 4-3. Wow.
3: Wow.
2: What's that a new one? Or <laughs> a brand new
4: Budweiser it? commercial in the hotel room was. I can't watch TV.
2: When but are they going to start Bud, shooting this format my, like this? Vertical. Oh. Vertical. It's it's already so like... So people can watch them on the phones. In it's the editing software, there's
0: yeah. drop-down for verticals.
2: Yeah, there's there's yeah. presets
4: for those now. Yeah, Mike, yeah. you had your first uh, vertical Super 8 I saw
2: yes, on the TikTok. you were in it. Yeah. I, I th- thought it
0: looked pretty good. I thought it did too. Yeah.
2: Did Was you that way too? Uh,
0: yeah, we haven't released it yet right you see now. what oh. people do on
2: TikTok and YouTube Shorts? No. They shoot it for the... Uh, it's shot wide or 4x3, yeah. and then when it's vertical... The person moves; they have to keep on cutting and re-scanning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my god,
4: it's so annoying. There's actually now like um, AI tracking in the, the oh, really? DI software. Oh, they're tracking it, will, so it will keep the frame moving. It'll smart reframe. Yeah, oh, but it's god. still because su- you know it started way yeah. wider. That's the difference on it. But sooner but
2: or later, that's
0: just going to be the it, standard. It will be. Anyways. It's really kind of anything go. There's also completely square format, which started on Instagram. So you're shooting your Super Eight roll. And you get your file back. The, like, the question is, like, oh, my God, if you're putting it on TikTok, you want it to be vertical. But if you put it in on Instagram, maybe Square is okay.
4: Square, I think Square would be fine, especially if it's something that's, like, closer to 4.3. I think it looks great on Square. 98% of FPP customers want their Super 8 file that includes <laughs> sprocket holes. Weirdos. you got to show it. <laughs> But that's because all the all the filter presets. This is literally the same conversation we were having a decade ago, Mike, mm-hmm. about film presets versus just shoot film. Right. Because now there's like, and I I get it now because I'm playing around with 16. But like, you can buy these look pat packs and LUTs and and overlay in the right perfs No, the perf's are always wrong For video
2: to make it look it like it's to a to give, give you A-perf. to give you
4: dust grain and perfs it's mm-hmm. like sometimes
3: you don't even see perf that's it's, it's not even a real perf it's just like a little hole No, or there or is like an image the, in the perf yeah, they'll yeah. Put, <laughs> yeah they
4: will they'll put an image or a logo in the perf it's ridiculous but oh it's God. like you're going to that effort just try it try shoot film go to FPP just but if you sh- get
2: your file what do you do that's what you want throw you, it out you, you shoot film and develop it in a bucket
4: yeah There's one more weird format. This one didn't come along until, I think, the 1990s, like the mid-90s. And that was Ultra 16. And that's kind of a weird one. There's also some funky uh, 8mm ones, too. But Ultra 16 is kind of funky. It's for people like myself that have a standard 16 camera, but you don't want to have to pay to upgrade it. Because upgrading is like, it can be a a big thing. Super 16, yeah. Yeah, because you have to usually recenter the lens. If it's a mirror-driven camera, you got to change the mirror. It's a whole thing. You can actually... On some of these cameras, it, if you have lenses that project that larger image circle, you can kind of shave the sides of the gate in equal amount mm-hmm. uh, between the two perfs and get ultra sixteen, which is basically just, it's about the same area as a standard sixteen, but it's closer to a um, like an ultra widescreen format. Oh. And that's it's kind of neat. Um, there was a few yeah, there's a few movies in the '90s that um, that were shot like that, and a few in the early 2000s. This that is Doubtfire, that. I
0: think. Right. This is Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> No, Mr. Del <laughs> was not shot on Super sixteen um, or the, Ultra the big, sixteen. The big
4: one was uh, Darren Aronofsky's uh, Pie was okay, yeah. pie. Ultra yeah. sixteen. Ultra sixteen. I was, I like and when
0: he that. formatted it, did he put it in the sixteen by nine
4: frame. Yeah, um, I don't think. I think it was kept even wider than the sixteen nine. Okay, for that to keep that panoramic look. Hmm. But it's it's an interesting one, and you know we could really go down the rabbit hole. There's people that are doing these weird versions of eight, which look like. Uh, you can put anamorphic onto mm-hmm. the 4x3 mm-hmm. to get an anamorphic 8. And there's also these oh. weird 8s that you can run through 16 cameras to make it look like oh, a super, super, super seen. long strip. Yeah, yeah there's all I sorts of seen. wild stuff that's out there to make it look like two you know two per 35 yeah. where it's like
3: the ultra wide. That's what happens in grainy. a pandemic. You lock somebody up with some tools <laughs> in their shed nutty. and they're like, let's see what I can do.
0: So you have any recommendation, or everyone wants you to do what makes them happy?
4: I think, well, no, I, there's I, a right and a wrong way. I really like your recommendation of like don't don't crap on the standard 16s because, like, let's be realistic. None of the 16 stuff is gonna really go beyond 1440p or like 4k. It's not really happening. You're just getting bigger grains, <laughs> but not much detail. You're you're getting a huge file that is unmanageable. Yes. Unless,
0: of course, you're working in a multi multi a format production, production that yeah. is being they done already, in 4K. They've already
4: got the stuff for it, though. Yeah. Right. That that's not even discussion. But like, if you're a hobbyist and you're on forums, you're seeing people t- like screaming at you to spend money you don't have on it. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Just try a 4.3. three. The
0: 2K is a, is a it's a sweet spot. It's a sweet spot in the middle. It gives yeah. you a nice archival. What
4: about
3: <laughs> I want all the Ks. <laughs> Once again,
0: if you're working on a multimedia uh, production, you're projecting
3: on the side of a building. So,
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, look at uh, Moon Age Daydream, the Bowie movie. Yes. That was all 4K footage, but that was. Um, what's VHS? the super wide. What's that
3: special. Cinescope? Widescreen? No. When you oh, go, uh, IMAX. That
0: was an IMAX movie. Really? So it's perfectly fine.
3: 4K, really? Yes. IMAX. Wow. Well, I guess that makes sense because they've had IMAX for. I mean, they had IMAX seventy millimeter, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, folks so, who stress is, that what, is that's what that's what's next for you, right? Seventy mil, you
4: know it now. You shouldn't stress
0: the uh, the the tech. I mean, get the basics, know what you're doing. You know, if you don't Go know what you're ropes.
4: doing, ask questions. I see so many people. It's I, I consider the crazy that it takes to shoot any of this motion stuff exactly the same amount of crazy that it takes to shoot large format, <laughs> yeah. and people will do the exact same thing where they will buy obscene amounts of stuff
3: and like haven't shot a frame yet Mm -hmm. or haven't shot that first 100 foot or 50 foot if you've never shot any movie film and you're like i'm gonna go with the bolex what i I mean unless somebody's giving it to you yeah are you getting a crazy stupid deal i mean why not try a magazine camera or a you know keystone yeah Yeah. get something
1: because easy
0: and trying a keystone also it's like you try it you like it then you move up and then Sit on your shelf or sell it. You will not lose. You're not going to feel bad. I'm not going to yeah. lose this value either.
3: And also, a lot of folks who get into movie film like it for that look and that feel. And then what mm-hmm. they do is they buy a cheap. You know, they maybe they're like, okay, one day I'm going to get a Bolick, so one day I'm going to get an Ari. And then they try a cheap, you know, Bell and Howell 16 millimeter movie camera, and they get the same result that they wanted, and they're happy with. And then they realize I don't need to buy a three thousand dollar camera.
4: I think another thing people forget is that like. This isn't a discussion amongst productions because productions don't buy stuff. No, they,
3: they rent, rent everything.
0: Yeah.
4: They're, they're smart. Yeah, <laughs> they, didn't they... you see the
0: room? The director, what he <laughs> rented? <laughs> hey,
4: Mark. <laughs> but yeah, they, they rent out whatever gear they need for a set amount of time, and then it's somebody else's problem yeah. to CLA it and like, give Keep get it the updated. good lenses. Because yeah. when you own a, a nice camera, you've got to upkeep it. It's not just going to work. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the motion needs Unless it's needs German, that. it'll always work. So uh, do we know yeah, Do we know everything We need to know
0: About aspect ratio Hell no Oh yeah But at least we have A good start But if you go to the Google <laughs>
2: The Google
0: Tons of stuff There's tons of stuff And you actually get Drawings of
4: all the Aspect ratios Yeah and they will often Be like little overlays And stuff But yep. I guess one other Thing is um, If you're if you're sweating it really bad, and you're like, "Oh, I need this format," and your camera does another one, other things come into play. Like if you have an S, if you have something that's reflex, okay, now you need the viewfinder to change. So like, yeah, oh ex- things get expensive really quickly. Try the cheap, try the cheap stuff first that keystone i feel like we're we're shilling keystone all the time but yep. those little keystone Criterions, the uh, a12s i know a i think some a9s do it a9 yep and then there's uh, did you see the deluxe one the a15 that's
3: that comes in like the felt case
4: with the and it's got that that teal mm-hmm. uh, faux leather Shell, on it yeah. yeah i'm looking up get yeah, one now it's
3: gone. don't look up a15 a- i think it's
4: them called all. the hold on it, it's got a weird name keystone
3: keystone a15 please hold my newport deluxe oh Newport what is it? Deluxe. newport the newport deluxe oh, wow. yeah menthol the menthol cool stylings of the newport uh, new deluxe. in box
4: 259 199 uh 75 for untested
3: did you say mm-hmm. 199 new in the box yeah oh, okay that's actually
4: 74.99 runs let's see.
3: Yeah. let's see let me see picture you got picture yeah
4: and you know if they're a smoker because it'll look closer to brown
3: it looks. It looks. <laughs> nice
4: it looks smell. really complicated. A little more com- complicated. It's. It's like almost H oh, sixteen looking, but it's not. It's still spring wound it's and. Peasy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: You you, you, you seem look to look get like overwhelmed by a
3: lot of knobs and buttons, yeah. huh? Right.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like knobs and buttons. What else? <laughs> if you get into this stuff or you start trying out the motion, go to therapy. That yes, <laughs> but, but like, force yourself to shoot. Like that was the mm-hmm. hardest part for me. I think I had. I had that Aerie mic for four months and I like, I shot something and then like, I, I forgot about it and I wasn't forcing myself to get out there and use it. And it's just like being afraid of any other like process, just get, make it a habit of like loading it up and, and playing around, have a dummy roll. A lot of cameras will come with that, but get used to showing up with it. And it's my favorite little tool for family trips now or family events, because it feels like you're watching a memory. Mm-hmm. It's really really cool, especially in that four by three. Yeah. Some frames will skip. It, it's great. The best experience
0: is to grab your camera and go all the time. Like yes. like I said, go in a family event. Go, you know, pick it up and, and show up and sh- shoot it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I that's what I do with the Keystone. That's why it's become my grab and go camera because you start feeling comfortable with it.
4: Yes. Then you're not worried about the. Nope. I stopped worrying about all of that other stuff I was seeing on the forum posts and people, you know, said, oh, you got to have this. Some of those people, I don't They're know how they... are not posting anything. What else? That's <laughs> it. go shoot.
0: Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. <laughs> hey, we love talking about movie film and the response has been really, really great. Really? Surprisingly great. Yeah. We yeah. haven't
4: like dropped off to like four people?
0: No, no. People were very <laughs> interested. And, you know, for movie film, from, you know, from... An amateur hobbyist perspective, there's not a lot out there of just kind of chat, chit-chat. No. You know, about picking up cheap cameras or, you know, workarounds, yeah. buying a tank, aspect ratio. So, love to hear your comments, <laughs> and it'll, you know, warrant us doing uh, another episode.
4: I've got a silly, stupid question. What's that? Was there ever an instant motion like motion picture film? Yeah, there was. Polaroid. Yeah, vision
3: polar vision.
0: It drove. Uh, dro- it, it drove. Uh, that was it for Polaroid. Who was the
3: chief there? Uh, Edmund Land.
0: It's, it. They. They pushed
3: him right out. Yeah. Oh. It's it a- was poorly timed because it came out right around beta, video beta video. Yeah. Video cam, and that was it.
0: But so Polaroid is nothing more than Super 8 film in a cartridge, mm-hmm. but it's their proprietary chemistry. self-developing. Film. They have the like monochrome. Yes, same as polychrome. Exactly the same. And
3: our friend in Canada, Noah, did a great video on Polar Vision. If you want to like see how. it works Oh yeah, yeah. I got a couple of cartridges and
0: you shoot it, Super Eight, and then their machine. You pop the thing in, and the chemistry is all in there. It's developing the film. Wow. And then this is where I think they failed. Then you can only play it in their proprietary player.
3: You could you could extract it out of the cartridge. You could, but no one would think to do that if it had come out 5 years prior yes i think it would have been so huge. it was just timing versus modern yep. tech okay
0: and they did the huge huge push with like danny k was the like oh, they really? they hired like top spokespeople
4: what year was this
0: 79 Wasn't i want to
3: say was danny k like a thousand uh, years old 77, 77 78 78, 78. danny k he was older swing and save danny k
0: the other guy did it too who's the guy who's in uh tony Curtis? no tony he's a... He's in the Tony early Woody Allen films, Tony Roberts.
3: Oh,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that guy doing that.
3: The other problem with it was, even when it was new, the image quality Horrible. was not great. The color was not, it was like, you know, almost as bad as Ectochrome 160.
0: <laughs> no, nothing's, nothing, nothing. Not, <laughs> that that's
3: bad. Not, no,
0: Ectochrome 160, the Super 8 format in its day, was fine. It wasn't good.
3: Yeah, except, except if you wanted, like, deep. Yeah. Reds no, and yeah, browns. Yeah. Then you were kind well of, we're going off topic. Right. What's what's available on FPP? Oh my god, that's your topic of hey, what is it what films available? Oh gosh. I've got the FPP movie film. Now these are the ones that are in stock right now. Yeah. of This filming. So there could be more or less that's a by long the time list. it. It's a long list. Oh gosh. So black and white sixty millimeter negative. We've got uh black and white one hundred speed film, double perf, black and white four hundred, double perf. Black and White 3, which is a ISO 3, single perf. Sonic 25, which is an orthochromatic uh, 25-speed film. That's single perf. Yeti, 10 ASA film, single perf. Kodak double X, which is a black and white negative, single perf. Then we have Black and White Reversal 16. Black and White 100 in double perf. Black and White 40 in double perf. Sonic 12 in single perf. Yeti 1 in single perf. And Tri-X in single perf. Color reversal 16, we've got ectochrome single and double perf. Color negative, we've got 500T double and single perf. 50D double and single perf. 200T in single. 250D in single. And then FPP's ultra blue, which is a 3 ISO film, that's in single perf.
2: Okay, halfway through.
3: Then we have double 8 in 100 feet for you Bolex users. Black and white 100 negative. Black and white 400 negative. Black and white 100 reversal. Black and white 400 reversal. Double 8 in 25 foot Negative. We've got cine black and white 100, cine 400, Eastman Double X and a 200 ISO Double Eight reversal. We've got black and white 100 and 400, and then Super Eight, which most people will know. 200T, 500T, 50D, Ektachrome, and Tri-X. Right, Can you cross 500T off that list. So we have a couple.
2: <laughs> no, why? Just because you don't like it, or
0: uh, personally, I love it if, if shot in a Indoors. proper setting. Indoors. But the, the it is a um, rash I would say yeah. <laughs> of people who are just grabbing either grabbing speed and they're going out with their Super Eight camera in the blazing sun at the beach. No, that's the problem good. is, or in the
3: desert, there's a lot of Super Eight cameras that can't handle the notching for the 500T cartridge. No, oh, so, just, so, it's so shooting is blow it out. It's shooting, it's at shooting at 100, 100. or 160. Uh, there's but there are no, there's actually a lot of Super cameras that can handle it. There's a number of... But it's still way models.
0: too bright in the desert to be oh, shooting. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, no. So...
3: What are you doing yeah. shooting 500, you know? need the 40. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: people's home movies, in my opinion, are ruined. Now, we get an image out of it, but we have to, like, drag
4: an image yeah. out of it. Dave showed me one yeah. that was coming through, and it was, a, it was a 500 that was, like, no filter, just like yep. daylight, and it was... No cap. It was pulling... It was taking... Everything in that machine <laughs> yeah. to get to get like a balanced readable image out of it. You he can like, come by any day and see that. But he's got like a pre- he's, like, he's like, oh it's no problem. And he clicks the preset and I look at the the waveform, you know, the the RGB histogram, no. and it's just like, <laughs> like it just yeah. smacks it in the face. That would have been gorgeous film if it was shot in fifty D. Yeah.
1: Or
0: even even two hundred even T. Yeah. t. That's why I, I don't really think, unless
4: you're an experienced shooter, anyone needs 500T, yet that is the top film people grab. I'm really glad I talked to you before I started going down the rabbit hole because you're like, Matt, just, just shoot 50D. And I was like, oh,
3: that's so slow. really slow. Yeah. But then no. like, I got it back, and it's amazing. Amazing. When well, you're you, shooting at 130th, it's not that slow. I no. shot <laughs>
0: 50D indoors at my parents' house with a little, just a little handheld, uh, what do you call it, light, light Sun. panel. Oh. Light panel. <laughs> Great. Yeah. 50 so D. much light at 50D.
2: At night or day? My parents' house,
0: day. So, so light you coming. had sunlight coming in. Yeah, and then the light Little fill. Like, like here. They have the, you know. Did the, you
2: turn every light on in the house? I
0: certainly did. Okay. <laughs> That's also uh, the tip of the day. You're going shoot to shoot indoors, but turn Screw on. the
2: environment. Turn on all your lights.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> don't be afraid to position your people.
1: Yeah.
3: When you're paying 40, 50, 60 bucks a roll. Yeah. You know, say, sec- yeah. I, I, it' me, may- stupid. Yeah. Like, get the best out of it. <laughs> yeah. You know? those kids are there; they're supposed to listen to you. So, yeah. you tell <laughs> them to supposed do what to. you want. It's a big word there.
0: Well, if you're, per- if you're, you know, where your children are going to like open up Christmas presents or whatever, just prepare for it. Move the lamp, or or set
3: up a, a light on a tripod, yeah. or something yeah, or take that,
4: or take that little reading lamp and just kind
3: of move it over. Yeah, it's very it.
0: simple yeah. to do. It's just yeah. giving it some thought. That's all we have. Podcast at FilmPhotographyProject.com humana, humana, humana. and we'll